as we look at Exodus 15 and 26, he says, And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And of course, we talked about that last time. And that tree is a type of Calvary. They came to the bitter waters of Marah, and they could not drink it. But the Lord showed him a tree, which he had cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. And so we talked about how that God can take bitter situations and bitter circumstances in our life and bring the sweetness of his presence through the substitutionary sacrifice of Christ on the cross. And there made the him a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. This is covenant language. It says that he established something, he made a statute, and he made an ordinance. I mean, just moments ago, they were unable to drink. But when the tree hit the water, the bitterness became sweet. And so they're drinking of, and they're taking that in. And they're experiencing a miracle right before their eyes. And here's what the Lord said to them in verse 26. If you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and if you will give ear to His commandments, and keep all His statutes... I will put, or literally, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee, which I have permitted to come upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. This is one of the great I am statements. He said, I am Jehovah Jireh. He did not say I was or I will be. He said, I am. Now the word Jehovah there means the self-existent one. And when he comes along and he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, no one has the right to come along and say he changed. No one has the right to come along and say he used to be the Lord that heals thee, but he's not the Lord that heals thee anymore. The great I am is your physician. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is the one who mends. He is the one who restores. He is the one that brings life and health back into our bodies. Amen. He can take a situation that was bad and he can cause that body to be normal again. Aren't you glad? We have a physician and he's right here tonight. He's in this house corporately, but he's also in the house of God, the very temples of God, which we are. Amen. And so, don't ignore him, magnify him, worship him, honor him, thank him that he is your healer, thank him that he does quicken you, amen? amen. Hallelujah, say it out loud with me, I have a healer, I have the healer, you are my healer, and you are my physician. Well, since we do have the healer, we ought to be healed. You know, Jesus addressed something along those same lines over in the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 11 through 16. And I read, And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bowed together. She could not lift herself up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He called it exactly what it was. He did not say blessing. He says, you are infirmed and you are now loosed. And notice in verse 13, and he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Thank God for some immediate things. 
And the ruler of the synagogue with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day said unto the people, There are six days in which men ought to work. In them, therefore, come and be healed, but not on the Sabbath. See, they had a religious spirit. They were more interested in keeping their traditions than that poor woman being healed. And that is not right. And in verse 15, the Lord answered and said, You hypocrite. He called them exactly what they were. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? In verse 16, I want you to read with me if it's up there. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound these 18 years, be loosed on the Sabbath day? The anointed one and his anointing has the ability to loose people from infirmities and sicknesses and diseases. It doesn't matter how chronic it's been or how long it's been there. The Lord, our physician, still looses people today. Amen. Now, that kind of brings us up to where we were left off last week, a couple of weeks ago. In Exodus 23 and verse 25 and verse 26... Again, this is covenant language. And he said, And you will serve the Lord your God, and I will bless your bread and your water. It's a good thing when your bread and your water is blessed. That's a part of the blessed life. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Amen. That'll work for stomach aches. From the midst of thee. But it also will work in any area of your life. There shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in thy land. The number of your days I will fulfill. I want you to notice that in connection with him blessing your bread and your water, they were serving him. God spoke to Israel, his servants, that if they would be obedient, he'd bless their bread and water. He would take sickness and disease away from the midst of them and they would live long on the earth. Now, he's not just talking about a select few. He is talking about the whole nation of Israel. This isn't a thousand people or even 500,000 people. This is literally millions of people. And do you know that he actually performed what he said he would do for them? If you will look at Psalms 105 in verse 37, you see when the children of Israel were coming out of Egypt, it says he brought them forth with silver and gold. They did not leave Egypt broke. When God delivers, he delivers in style. He brought them forth also with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among their tribes. Think about that, John. Grandma and grandpa are there. Great-grandma, great-great-grandmother's there. They were, they were feeble maybe when they started on their journey, but when he brought them out, hallelujah, there was not one feeble among their tribes. Amen? Somebody said, well, Pastor Mark, I'm feeling a little feeble tonight. Get feeble out of your mind. Get feeble out of your thinking. Your body may feel feeble. Your body may look feeble. But you can call those things that be not as though they were. If he brought them forth, he can bring us forth. Say with me, I'm strong. Strong in the Lord. So again, we're talking about millions of people. 
That's the will of God. I wonder, can he do it again? I wonder, can he keep a whole church healthy here at Heart of the Bay? I mean, can the power of God get so strong in this place that when people walk in, the glory of God hits them and their bodies are quickened? Can he keep a nation healthy? And then religious people will come along and say, well, now that was just for the Jews. As a matter of fact, any good thing oftentimes that you will see in the Old Testament, people want to explain it away and say, that's not for today, that was just for the Jews in that day. Well, you know what? When they say it's just for the Jews, I have a tendency to agree with them because I are one. I are one. I wasn't born in Israel. I'm not a Jew, if you will, by, by birth, but I'm a Jew inwardly. And so are you. Somebody says, say what? Okay, say the Bible. In Romans 2.28, notice the scripture. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. That's talking about you and I. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. Verse 29 says, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. Inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, not in the law, whose praise is not of men, but it is of God. How about us then? How does Exodus 23, 25, Exodus 15, 26 affect us? Amen. Got a question for you tonight. Have you been changed? Have you been changed inwardly? Has something happened in your spirit? Has something happened in your heart? So when someone may come along and say, well, brother, that was just for the Jews. You should shout, glory to God. I am one. I am one. Amen. Look at Galatians, the third chapter. And notice verse 7. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 7. Glory to God. The word is so rich. Verse 7 says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith. Well, that's us. We are of faith. The same are the children of who? We are the children of Abraham. You are one of Abraham's heirs and seeds by faith. When you get born of God, that makes you a descendant of Abraham. So, whatever he has belongs to me. Hallelujah. Whatever Abraham has belongs to me. Now, one of the things that Abraham had is Abraham had a lot of silver. He had a lot of gold. Remember, he brought them forth with silver and gold. Abraham had a lot of silver. He had a lot of gold. There was in cattle, and there was so much in the land that he and Lot had to split up. And Abraham was such a man of faith, he said, Lot, you go ahead and take whatever you want. Lot made the wrong choice. <laughs> he should have honored and he should have preferred Abraham. Yeah. But Lot just stepped out, had greedy eyes, yeah. 
and eventually paid an awful price for it. But what I want you to see is this. When God said to Abraham, I want you to leave your home, and then I want you to take that step of faith, and then as you're walking with me, I'm going to show you exactly where you're supposed to go. And then as that happens, I'll bless you. And I will increase you. And I will make you a great blessing. It's hard to be a great blessing if you don't have anything to bless people with. Isn't it? It's hard to be a giver when you don't have anything to give. So he said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And you will dispense, in other words, you will be a vessel of blessing. I'm going to bless you so much, it's just going to flow right through you. It should be second nature for born-again believers that are of the seed of Abraham to be conduits and vessels of blessing. Not just taking in, taking in, and taking in, but giving out. We should take in, but then we should give out. Most people take in, but they don't want to give out. Because they think that God might just run out. But God never runs out. He said, all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake you. You run with God in the blessing, dispensing good to others, and all these blessings shall run after you. You will not have to run after them. They will run after you. And that's why he said you will be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. And you'll lend and not borrow. Well, I'm looking forward to getting to that land. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are of faith. We are of faith. Following in the footsteps of Abraham. If you will track Abraham's life, you will see that he had repeated tests. But he passed every test. When he was to offer up his son Isaac, that was a big test. That was a huge test. But he spoke to Isaac and he said, we'll go up yonder, me and the lad, and both of us will come back. Abraham had such confidence in Jehovah, his father, his good, good father. He had such confidence in him that he received Isaac in a figure. He saw Isaac being raised from the dead if necessary. Isn't that powerful? We serve a God who raises the dead. He can raise up dead relationships. He can raise up dead body parts. I'm telling you, he can quicken pancreases. He can give new people, he can give people new hearts. Whoo, hallelujah. He quickens the dead. He makes alive the dead. And he calls the things which be not as though they were. Test after test. Test after test. He tested Abraham to see if he would obey. Abraham obeyed and passed every test. And therefore, 
he positioned himself for God's very best. Did you catch that? When you pass the test, you are then in position for his best. I want his best. I want his best in my life. I want his best for my marriage. I want his best for my family. I want his best for this church. We've faced some tests. And by God's grace, we've been able to pass some tests. All of us together have faced some tests. And what are the key ingredients when you're going through a test is you must enter into belief and enter into rest. And another key ingredient when the test comes is keep a smile on your face. My brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations. And so breke se vede. And so you will see seasons in your life where there will be the test of obedience. The Lord is testing you to see whether you will obey or not. Amen. And I found a scripture, Isaiah 119. It says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You know, we're kind of in this season right now of the joy of generosity. And Brenda and I are praying about doing something significant. We're not exactly sure what it is right now. And the Lord got my attention early this morning. And he got my attention from Corinthians. Where it says in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, if you can find it, look at 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8 and 9. Look, look back at, let's go back to verse 6 and we'll go through verse 9 and 10. So I make sure I get it. But this I say, which he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly. But he that soweth bountifully, how's he going to reap? Bountifully. bountifully. So there will be the test for all of us to sow sparingly. Just mark it down. The test is coming. Now next verse. Every man, and this is what I saw this morning, every man, this includes pastors, this includes everybody, every man, as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Now, another word for grudgingly would be unwillingly. Not having a willing heart. If you be willing... And obedient. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity. You never want to give out of a need. You want to give out of a heart. For God, what kind of a giver does he love? He loves a cheerful giver. And so, you know, we've been kind of wrestling with some things, to be honest with you, about, you know, what we, what we may do. And we're still... Circle in the city, praise the Lord. And uh, the Lord corrected me this morning. He said, son, he says, if you're going to do this, you better do it willingly. And you better do it cheerfully. Because if you don't do it willingly and cheerfully, you won't be in position to receive your harvest. Unwillingly. 
and not cheerfully, you might just well keep your money. Is that right? So I tell you what, I like Brother Hagin. I got willing in a hurry. I said, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it, Lord. And I'll do it with a smile on my face. Willingly and cheerfully. Woo, hallelujah. And then I started praying and I started asking the Lord, now what is it you want me to do? And how do you want me to do it? Because that's where the wisdom of God comes in. See, you can have a general direction, but when it comes to things like that, you want to have some specific direction. Yes, that's right. You want to have the wisdom of God. Well, thank God the Bible says if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and what it'll be given. It'll be given him. So praise the Lord. I got my heart willing. I got a smile on my face. I'm still doing my PCD, my pre-coffee dancing. Some morning it's more like a PCS, a pre-coffee so, uh, scoot. Amen. The wisdom of God. You see, the Bible says, I didn't know we were going to get in all this, but it's all good. See, the, my Bible says, and your Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, where is it that we get wisdom from? It's part of our covenant. Number one, Jesus has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. The person of wisdom is on the inside of us. And then in Proverbs, I believe it's chapter 2, right around verse 7 perhaps, it says wisdom comes forth from his mouth. In other words, when God speaks, wisdom is flowing. So if we want to function... And we want to operate in the wisdom of God. We got to put our nose in this book. And find out what he says. And then ask of him. And it shall be given unto you. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. The devil is a liar. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Whoo, glory to God. Save me. So whatever he has, I have. It belongs to me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29. It says, for you are all the children of God by faith in Christ. For as many of you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all... What are we? One in Christ Jesus. Isn't that powerful? We're all one in Him. But did you know that we are one of one? What does that mean? I'm one of one. God didn't make any two of us alike. You are one of one. You're special in the eyes of the Lord. In verse 29, read it with me. And if ye be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs. Heirs. 
That means we inherit the promises. Somebody come along and say, well, that's just for the Jews. No, that's for us because that's who we are. Look up over at Galatians, the sixth chapter, if you would. And notice with me in verse 15, I'm going to ask the praisers to come on back now, if you would. Galatians, the sixth chapter, and uh, verse 15. Galatians 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. But a new creation. Are you ready to shout a little bit? Notice verse 16. (laughs) And as many as walk according to this rule. We could say it this way. As many as who walk according to this revelation. That we are new creations. That we've been circumcised in our heart. When you walk according to this revelation. Peace be on your life. And mercy upon the God of Israel. Upon the Israel of God. I got a question for you tonight. Who is the Israel of God? New creations. New creations. You know, somebody bought me a a present one time to discover, you know, what my ancestry is. I'm not interested. I'm not, I'm really not. I don't need to know where I came from. I already know. I don't know what, I don't need to know what my identity is. I already know who I am. I mean, what good is it going to do if I found out I came from a cave? Huh? Walk around the rest of my life, go, ooh, ooh. Huh? Well, you're 30% Irish and 20% Welsh and what the big deal? Well, I want to trace my family tree. Well, most people's families, all the trees produced was a bunch of nuts. Now, if you like that, that's fine. You know, go ahead and spend 50 bucks. But be very careful that you don't give them too much information because they're looking for information so they can steal your identity. You've got to be careful of that. What was your mother's maiden name? What was your address growing up? Be careful of that stuff. I'm not saying that Ancestry.com does that, but I've, been, but I've been warned by people that deal with identity theft to not give people inside information. Ha ha. <laughs> so it's not about being able to trace your ancestry. It's about the fact that you're a new creation. And that's who you are. And that's what you are. And that's what makes all the difference. Hallelujah. Say it with me, I am a new creation. He am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me. It belongs to Abraham's descendants and it belongs to me. Let's look at one other scripture. Pastor Tom's getting ready to... We're going to do some praise here for a moment. Amen? Now look at this verse over here in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 6. Great, great verse of scripture. It talks about, you know, what kind of a covenant that you and I have. 
Hebrews 8.6 says this, But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator. Ooh, glory to God. He's the mediator of a just okay covenant. He is the mediator. Come on. Of what? What kind of covenant? Now, let's say, for the sake of illustration tonight, I've got in my left hand a $50 bill. And in my right hand, I've got a $100 bill. Which is better? Now, don't get spiritual on me. You, you know what's better. A hundred is better than fifty. Well, we have everything that the old covenant had, but we also have everything the new covenant gives us, and it's better. We've got everything the old covenant has, plus, plus the name of Jesus, plus the gifts of the Spirit, plus the presence of the Holy Spirit, plus our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on, somebody. Stand up, let's rejoice, and let's shout, because we got a better covenant established upon better promises. Amen?